welcome to Nice Bossy with Emma Siebold. What's nice bossy, you ask? Well, I came up with the phrase nice bossy to help my vivacious and very forthright daughter understand how she can be a strong and confident leader who gets what she wants through being nice and using her manners. I believe you can be powerful and successful without compromising kindness, empathy, or your contribution to the world. I'm living proof as I've done just that with my businesses, Bar Body and Bend. This podcast is all about going for and achieving your life and business dreams in a way that's aligned with your heart and values. I founded Bar Body nine years ago and have grown it into the highly profitable multi-million dollar business it is today. I lead with love, make smart, strategic decisions, take calculated risks, and tenaciously go for my dreams. I've had many a struggle and hardship, but ultimately the biggest personal and professional growth has been born of my toughest times. I've learned so much along the way and I am excited to share my journey, success secrets and special sauce with you so that you may live your dreams, build a profitable business and lead with love too. Let's get into it together. It's Emma. Welcome to the second episode of my brand spanking new podcast, Nice Bossy. I am so delighted that you're joining me today. Hopefully you've listened to episode one and you've heard all about my big risk and how it's paid off for me starting Bar Body all those years ago. When I record this episode, we're just a few days shy of our nine-year anniversary of opening the first studio. So it's kind of timely that I'm sitting here today and telling you about how we started Bar Body with just $20,000. So I'll tell you a little bit about how we got there. So in the last episode, I told you the journey in making the decision to open Bar Body. Now, one of the big factors for us, obviously, was budget. So We had just had our first son or our first child, Xavier, and we were actually living in Melbourne at the time. We were living with my mum in her spare room. So the three of us, Matt, me and Xavier, we were all living in this tiny little spare room. So Matt and I were sharing a double bed, obviously, and Xavier was sleeping at a cot at the end of the bed. So we were probably not in the best financial position to start a business, but we had a lot of heart, a lot of soul, and a lot of self-belief, and so we decided to go for it. So the process went a little bit like this. I had a big think about how much money we'd need and basically made the decision that we just were going to really believe that everything was going to work out and the money would come. And later on in the episode, I'll tell you how that panned out and how it worked out for us. It obviously worked out okay. There were a little, it was a little road bump or two along the way. So we had this budget, knew what we wanted to do. I have a business degree and a marketing degree and I'd worked in marketing for 10 years. And one of the things that I learned in my graduate position at Telstra which has served me so incredibly well, was to how to build a financial model. So how to look at, basically build a proper financial model to look at costs and uptake over time and be able to do, be able to get 
an idea of whether something is going to work or not. So I did build a financial model and it was a really simple one. And funnily enough, as is often the case, I don't think I ever referred to the financial model once we opened the doors. It was really just me plotting out saying, okay, so I'm going to need this much for rent and this much for teachers and this much and working out whether or not we'd be able to make it through the first month or so. And that's kind of what we did. But how did we spend that $20,000? So my big belief in starting a business, especially when you're starting a small business, especially, especially when you're not quite ready to leave your day job and you're doing it on the side or probably even more so, can I say another, especially, 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 especially if you are leaving your day job, then I highly recommend that you do everything yourself that you possibly humanly can. And that's what we did. So I'll walk you through some of the things that we did and how we paid for them and how we got a pretty darn good result for just $20,000. So we were very lucky. The space that we found was actually inside a day spa. So the very first studio we opened lived inside a day spa. And so we had the good fortune of having a beautiful reception area and toilets and things that we didn't have to build or fund. So that was that was definitely something that saved a little bit of money. So the space that we rented was really just the studio space. We decided to do everything ourselves. Now, I am very fortunate in that my dad is quite handy and my husband has become extremely handy over the many years of us opening studios. And he and my dad have done a lot of the work themselves, especially in the early days. So I was really fortunate that my dad's very, very clever and very, very, he's renovated houses and things like that. So that was a really, really fortunate thing for me that I had him on hand to help. And I remember... With the first studio, not only did I have, I think my brother got involved, my mum got involved, my stepmom was involved. It was kind of the whole family was pitching in. And in later times opening other studios, I remember with Windsor, we actually did a call out to our clients to ask them if they wanted to come in and help us paint in exchange for a, a membership. So there are things that you can do and things that you should do. You should definitely call on your handy friends and family members to get them to help you. So we looked at what I like to call, we did as little as possible for the best result. So in business that might be called minimal viable product, there's a really great book called The Lean Startup, which really talks about this idea of what's the very least you can do to start and test your business and see whether it's viable before you do massive amounts of investment. So I definitely recommend that for businesses that are starting out. So for us with our studio, when we were doing the fit out, we made most and most of the money went on the fit out. The All of the other stuff I'll talk about in a moment. I did most of that myself with very, very little money. But the big thing for us was having a space to provide our service, which was bar and Pilates and yoga classes. And so we were very, very smart about what we chose to do and how we chose to do it. So we had this space that was already kind of nice, but not definitely not up to the standard that I wanted to bring it to. So these are the things we did. We put floorboards in. So those floating floors that you sort of clip lock together. 
And I chose the cheapest one that I could find with the look that I wanted. So I really wanted kind of an oaky floorboardy look. And so I chose the cheapest one. Now, nine years on, I still like that look, but I choose a more expensive floorboard. Those ones lasted, you know, lasted a few years quite well, but they started to chip. So, but it was okay because by the time I needed to replace them, the business had made more money. So I was able to do that. So you make those decisions about what's really important to you. And for me, it was doing it on the least budget because that was all the money we had in the world. So we did the floorboards and we did, we painted and we put mirrors in and we used portable bars. And funnily enough, the decision to use portable bars was not, I didn't, it was nine years ago. There were no bar studios in Australia. I didn't really know any better at the time. And that's a, (laughs) I keep saying this, that's a story for another podcast. But for me, it was very much a fake it till you make it experience opening bar body. That's a whole nother story, but I didn't know any better. So I got the portable bars and in the end, they actually worked out really well. And we used them for a couple of years. But anyone who is listening and starting a bar studio, I now would absolutely recommend fixed bars, but portable bars are still definitely workable. Anywho, so we got the bars, we put the mirrors in, and that was really all that we did. Obviously, I had to purchase some equipment and I was just really, really frugal and decided what's the minimum I can get away with. And it was balls, blocks, and weights. And I found my weights, I think for $3 a pair. I just searched high and low on eBay for the color, eBay and the internet for the color that I wanted. And so again, it's really got to be smart and thrifty when you're setting up your new business. So I found what I needed, but did it as cheaply as possible. I think nine years ago, it was a little bit different. The standard for studios in the past nine years has really, really moved ahead in leaps and bounds. So it's difficult to start a studio now for for on that budget, unless you're in a regional area where there aren't, you're not competing with super fancy studios. But for us at the time, it was definitely enough. So I did all the cleaning myself in the early days. Like I did everything. So I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but when we did finally open the doors, I was the customer service. I was the cleaner. I taught more than half the classes. I did all of the marketing. So really this idea of do everything yourself that you can, because that's how you're going to save money. And ultimately your business will grow and you'll need to hire other people or outsource certain things. I did all of our bookkeeping <laughs> questionably, I have to admit, um, my bookkeeping skills. I, that's one of the things that I'd say, if you really want to, if you really want to outsource something, it would be bookkeeping in my opinion. But yeah, so that was what I did in the early days, did everything myself. And then in terms of the rest of the budget before we opened, so that $20,000, most of it went on the fit out. I'd say with the exception of maybe one or 2000, most of it went on the floorboards, the painting, a few decorative bits and pieces. So you'd be amazed how plants can go a really long way. So just plants. I took my husband's iPad from home. I took out iPod from home, quite a few decorative pieces I got from home. So it was my poor husband. I'm like, um, and now I need your iPad for my business. It was quite funny, but these are the things you do when you're starting out as an entrepreneur and you're starting your own business, you have to make certain sacrifices or he had to make certain sacrifices. It's just what you do to make it work. In terms of all the other stuff, 
I just did it myself. Like I know that because I've got a marketing degree, there were certainly certain things that were easier for me, like, you know, creating a marketing strategy and how I'm going to promote the business. That was obviously, that came second nature to me. But there's other things that you might think, oh, because she's got a marketing background, she knew how to do that. No. So things like designing a logo, I had no design experience whatsoever. I taught myself how to use Illustrator so I could design our logo and our postcards. I was the designer for the first maybe year or so. And then we hired my brother actually to help us out with design. But in the early days, I was the designer. And there's actually a really funny story about how our logo came to be. So my husband, at the same time that I started Bar Body, my husband had a few months earlier started a recruitment agency and it was called Brand Recruitment. And we had found somebody to design a logo for us. And I think what has happened now, when I look back on it, I can make a little bit of sense of it, but I think he went and looked at the Beats by Dr. Dre logo when I really like this logo, I'm going to adapt it for this business brand recruitment that I'm designing a logo for. So if you've seen the Beats by Dr. Dre logo, it's a little bee in a circle, basically, a colored bee in a circle. And he took that and changed, kept the bee kind of similar, I think, and then added an R, so BR for brand recruitment in this circle. And then the lettering that went beside it said brand recruitment in two different colors. When I went to design my logo, because like I said, I had no experience whatsoever. I might be a marketing person, but I wasn't then. I just didn't have any idea about design. And Canva and all of these apps, you have to remember, this is nine years ago. They did not exist back then. So the funny thing is that I went, oh, I'll just adapt this logo for Bar Body. So I took the R out. So then now it's just a B again. And I changed the colors and the font. And I ended up totally unbeknownst to me because I didn't know what Beats by Dr. Dre was back then. I totally reverse engineered the logo to look much more similar again to where I think this guy had gotten the the inspiration from to design the brand recruitment logo. So anyway, that's a little funny story for you. But luckily I trademarked it. So I didn't get into trouble. I was very, very smart. It's a smart thing to do to do a trademark and I highly recommend it. Trademarking your business name and trademarking your logo is really, really, really important. That was one of the things I think we spent money on early on because I wanted to make sure that we were protected, that our name was protected. And thank goodness we did because there's been so many businesses that we've had to reach out to that have called themselves Body Bar or Bar Body by so-and-so or Bar Body Pilates. Or, and so you know, having that protection means we can reach out to them and say, hey, it's actually our brand name. Yeah. So that's a little funny story about our logo, but I didn't know how to design a logo. So again, self-taught, I learned how to use Illustrator. I learned how to create a website using a template. So I chose a WordPress template. I went to a website called Theme Forest and I found a template that I liked and I edited it myself. So these are the things that you wouldn't, and it's not super simple and straightforward. Even setting up my email wasn't as straightforward. Back then compared to now, there are so many amazing tools that help you do all of these things now. So it's really important that if you are about to embark on your journey to start your business, that you try, you make use of all these amazing apps and different tools that are out there. 
So I did as much as I could myself, both in the lead up to starting our business and then when we launched our business. Like I said before, I cleaned the studio. I think those sorts of things, you have to be really willing to get your hands dirty and save dollars as much as possible. So on the front of things like designing a website and all the things that you might think you need someone else for, you really, really don't, especially these days with Squarespace and Wix. And I've used another one that I really love called Show It. That's how I designed my website. If you want to check it out, emmasebold.com. I used a template and I did it all myself and I don't do design. It's not my thing, but I was able to edit this template and make it look really amazing. So do as much as much yourself as you possibly can. And what you don't know how to do, you must learn. So Google and YouTube, if they are not your best friends already, you need to make them your best friends because they are going to give you the skills that you need, become an expert in everything. That's what I've done. And I still do it today. I still love to do it. That's what I, when I designed my website, I didn't want to pull my team off Bar Body and Bend. I thought I can do this. So I did it myself and I get up every morning really early. I wanted to do it before Christmas so that it was ready to launch in this year. Not that I've officially launched it. It sits there, but I haven't really said, hey, everybody look at my new website. But anyway, you guys know you can go and look at my website and see what I did all by myself. And I'm not a designer. I will stress I'm not a designer. So yeah, do everything you can yourself. That's my huge tip. If you've taken nothing out of this episode, it is try and find the shortcuts Buy a second. You know, if it's a physical place that you're opening, buy secondhand furniture, take things from home, do as much as you can to save money. Use your friends. If you've got a friend that's a lawyer, if you've got a friend who's an accountant, use your, if you've got a friend who's really good at Excel, get them to help you do a little model just to get an idea of how much money you'll need. I talk about this in my startup guide on my website. I have a guide that you can download called Emma's Seabold Startup Guide. And I talk about this in the guide about how much money you'll need to start your business. And there's a pretty common school of thought that says, think about how much money you'll need for six months and then double it. And that's what you need to launch your business. Well, I can say, whilst I definitely agree with that now, that's not the way we did it. We just sort of went, let's just go for it and hope for the best. To the extent that we even moved out of my mum's house when we first opened the studio. So we had free rent, we're living with my mum. But the problem was that my mum lived in Ascot Vale, which was about 30 minutes, depending on quickly in the car, but depending on traffic or to go on the train, it was, you know, a good 30 minutes at least to get into the city. And I was breastfeeding at the time, little baby. So I just didn't want to be away from my little one for very, very long. And I wanted to be able to just duck back and forth between the studio. So we decided at the same time as we opened the studio, we also rented an apartment in the Melbourne CBD, which was just a block and a half from the studio. So I could dash down, teach a class and then go home to be with my baby because my husband was working from home as well. So whenever I was at the studio, he was daddy on the job. So it was a really funny, yeah, a very big step of bravery because we really had no idea how we were going to pay the rent. My husband's recruitment business was just in its infancy as well. In the end, I remember the very first month I had to go to my my beautiful mama and say, um, mom, please, can you help us pay the rent this month? But after that, it was smooth sailing. We managed to make enough money. So my husband's business was 
to cover our home rent and our personal living expenses. And then the money we made from Bar Body after was actually really quickly, this happened after maybe two months, three months, we started to break even on our studio costs without me taking a salary. So teaching for free, but it worked really well for us. And that 20, that little seed that we sowed with $20,000 almost nine years ago to the day. So it's February, 2021, as I record this episode, that little seed has grown into our incredible business today. So yeah, I'm pretty proud of that and pretty proud to be able to tell you that story and hopefully leave you with that lesson of do as much yourself as you possibly can. And I still do that today. I still stand by that, for especially when you're starting a new business as I am in a way. So my new business at the moment is this, I'm leading business retreats. So this podcast is kind of a springboard for me. I want to start helping predominantly women, I think, because it's women that will be that will appeal to my story and my way of working. And especially when I approach business with really a lot of heart and a lot of love. But so my new business is I want to run retreats for women who are starting, have either just started or they're starting, they want to start their own business. So spending five days with me, doing an intensive session to work on. Basically, the idea is that I want to help you, let's say I'm talking to you, I want to help you take your business concept from woe to go. I want to help elevate you. I want to help you get rid of any sort of fears or any things that might be blocking you. Basically want to do about three to six months work with you in five days. So I'm very, very, very excited about that. The first retreat is going to be in May up in Byron where I live. And yeah, if you want to reach out to me and ask me any questions, please do go to my website that I designed myself. Otherwise, I thank you so much for listening. Please, please, please subscribe, leave a review. That's what really helps podcasts get started. This is my second episode, so I'm really hoping to keep at it. And I just want to deliver really great content and really great value to you and hope that my learnings and my stories will help you on your journey. Anyway, thank you very much. Have a beautiful, happy day. Well, that's it for today's episode. If you want more from me, visit my website, emmasebold.com for show notes and all sorts of goodies or follow me on Instagram at emmasebold underscore. Thanks again for listening and I hope I can help you live your richest, most magical, most successful and aligned life. Until next time.